Giving you the real from A to Z surrounding the Dallas Cowboys. News, updates, rumors, transactions, takes, and more. So strap up, Cowboys Nation, and start your day off with A to Z Sports. Live with Will Steele. Three, two, one. Here we go. Good morning, good people. Welcome to ADZ Sports Live, presented by Texas Family Fitness. Honestly, I just got I got four words for you. I'm back, baby. Feels good to be back, Cowboys Nation. We're going to recap this Super Bowl, of course. And in the roundup, we're going to talk about some Cowboys speaking at Super Bowl weekend. But I am excited to be back here talking to you guys. It felt good to unplug a little bit. Not going to lie. It felt good to unplug and get away from all the craziness uh, that is the sports world at this time. Uh, But then I plugged back in. And y'all, not y'all, not y'all personally, but the Twitter sphere and the sports shows and things like that, they talking crazy. They talking about Hall of Fame for certain players, and you got the Cowboys doing certain things. And I'll start off with that when we get there. But first and foremost, I just want to say I am happy to be back, Cowboys Nation. Uh, my guy Mo held it down, A to Z held it down, but to unplug felt good. Felt good to be around the fam, felt good to... To travel a little bit, I see some folk in there said, uh, you know, I hope you had a good break. I did. I enjoyed my break. I, I sure as hell did. Watched the Super Bowl with some family. My little nephew is a Rams fan. He's only 10 years old. So he became a Rams fan because he plays football for a team that are called the Rams. And he was, I think he became a fan back in like 2017 or 18, something like that. So he's a newer Rams fan. I told him after they won the Super Bowl, I said, Lowell, listen, cherish this. I don't know how you do it, but plug this in your head. You never know if it's going to come back, okay? This feeling that you have, yell, scream, run around, go to school tomorrow, talk trash, do everything you need to do to hold on to this thing because it might not come back. I'm sitting here ruining his moment for him, basically, as a as a desperate, you know, detracted cowboy fan. I'm trying to tell little Augie, hold on to this moment. Hold on to it. Your, not your, but the all-in L.A. Rams have won the Super Bowl, and they did it in a way that I, for one, am all for. Uh, you guys have known me for a while now. I've constantly talked about being aggressive and, and going for the gusto, going for what you want, and the Rams did that, and there were a lot of people, especially draft community, that do not like the way they approach things. And yeah, it may have been a little bit crazier on the on the, the the high end of the spectrum as opposed to the aggressiveness, but they did what they had to do and it paid off and they finally got that Super Bowl victory in this Sean McVay era. So, got to clap it up for the LA Rams. 
Got to. We'll talk about that Super Bowl win. Uh, tie in some of the things I think that, I mean, we talked about it before, right? I, this isn't new. We talked about how I think the Cowboys should adopt some of what they do. Uh, but there were some intertwining storylines that came out of that that I want to talk about uh, that can involve the Dallas Cowboys. I see one of my, who was it, Tom Downey said, did he go to Central Dolphin? No, 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 no. no he's only 10. So he didn't. I think they have a middle school now. So, But no, he played for the Rams on the West Shore. So that's that's where he, uh, my little my little nephew. That's where he developed his fandom. So appreciate the the super chat, Tom Downey Burner account. Super chat already with the donation. He says, "Sky watching the game too many times." I said, "Dallas would never do that." From play calling to roster makeup, get with the times, Jerry. Yeah, man, uh, I've said the same thing, and I tried not to. Right, like it's hard. As a Cowboys fan, watching these teams and not, and just completely taking away your Cowboy fandom and, and watching. Now, for most of the game, I did that. But you also, just being real, as a real fan, you're watching it and you're like, damn, we could have did this or that, or damn, if we could scheme up this or that. And let me talk about the scheme real quick. I watched some of the plays, and this was throughout the, the postseason for the Rams. They just know how to get their guys open. They just do. Uh, now, we'll break it down in detail what happened before and after a certain injury, the MVP, all that stuff. I want to wrap to you guys, man. It's been a long time uh, since I've been, a long time to me since I've been here. If you guys want to call in, you can. 351-999-3787. Call in. Let's talk about the game. Let's talk about how the Cowboys can get to this point at some point. Um, and whatever else is on your mind. Let's do that. Let's do that. <laughs> Tom is always throwing the zingers. Uh, Matt Owen talked about the trips, the bunches, the pre-snap. Yeah, yeah, it's it sucks, you know, watching that and and seeing that it's not that difficult to do. It's not hard, not hard to do. Uh, James said this is the second year where a team has won a Super Bowl in their home stadium. People are already saying the NFL uh, is real. Yeah, we'll get to the to the. To the point of at the end of the game with the refs and things like that, but ah, you know, man, I don't, I don't like to talk about the rigness of the NFL and all that stuff. I, I think both of these teams played tough. I think both of these teams uh, earned their 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 spot to be there. Um, I'm not naive. There, there may be you know referees or referees and things like that, but I don't want to go down that that rabbit hole, man. Thought that was a great game. What's up, B Bird? Uh, was it one of the best games? No, uh, that's another thing that. Overreaction Monday. We're going to call this Overreaction Tuesday. I keep hearing a lot of things coming out of this game. Best game, Hall of Fame. Can I can I talk about that for a second? What's up with the Matt Stafford? And listen, salute to Matt Stafford. We talked about this earlier in the year. Actually, last year when he got traded to the Rams, really talented quarterback. Loser in the sense of he didn't really win, win much in Detroit. Uh, but you put him in a good situation. I think it was a, it was a given that they would be a formidable team, and then they continue to add pieces around him and good coaching and things like that all come together. Awesome for Matt, but a Hall of Fame. I've got to ask you guys, my 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 fam, my chat fam, is Matt Stafford a Hall of Fame player right now? I would say not right now, <laughs> unless we're talking about a Hall of Good. Hall of potential fame, um, Hall of of uh, pretty good most of his career, really good in this season. 
I don't I don't think he's a Hall of Fame. When I think Hall of Fame, I don't think Matt Stafford. Not just yet, and he's still young, right? Like he's young enough. He can play another four or five years, win another Super Bowl, go through playoff runs with this team, and and add on to his resume. But Hall of Fame? I mean, if you want to compare him to somebody, maybe and Fran went to a bunch, but Fran Tarkenton, a guy who a whole bunch of stats never won the Super Bowl been to a couple um but Matt won now so apparently he's a Hall of Famer according to a bunch of people talking heads I, I just don't see it I you know I get Dan Orvlowski that's his butt buddy right that, that's he's gonna do all that but other people are saying that um a lot of y'all saying not just yet no I agree uh, a couple couple donations appreciate you Swan chat. uh talent wasn't Mm, don't not sure how to pronounce what you're trying to say here, Swan. Talent wasn't or probably it was. Oh, talent wasn't or probably it was coaching. Uh, B-Bird. Super chat. Uh, Steven Jones would never take the Rams approach because he's afraid of backlash if it fails, which is silly. Getting proven players for draft picks should be a part of the plan. Yes, absolutely. And we'll talk about that. Uh, a lot of y'all are saying no, absolutely not. I, 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 I agree. I don't I don't really see it just yet. Super chat. Uh, thank you, Andre Robinson, for the donation. He says, Luke Steele, coaching is key. Where was Joe Mixon on the final drive? Mm-hmm. They put some uh, Perrine in there, what have you. For what? For who? For what? Joe Mixon was eating. Like 15 carries, 72 yards. But that's a whole nother uh, discussion. Yeah, I'm with y'all. I'm just reading the rest of this. No, Stevie Mack says the guy has had some legit receivers that carried him for most of his career. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not with it. I'm not I'm not one that believes that Stafford is a Hall of Famer just quite yet. Uh but he has potential to be, right? Like if they go to another Super Bowl, if they if he continues to have playoff uh success with the Rams, I think he could he could put his name in that hat to be an arguably a, a Hall of Famer or potentially a Hall of Famer, depending on how his career ends. But as it stands now, I don't think so. Um and then before we get into the roundup. Did y'all catch the Cowboys hype video? If y'all want to call it that, it seemed more depressing than it was a hype video. I had a problem with it. And I went on Twitter and expressed my feelings about it. I, I thought timing was awful. Uh, I feel like they need to kind of just don't say anything at this point in regards to hype videos. You want to get the fan base hype, do it with your actions. I think the belief right now is at an all-time low. And you might say, well, how's it an all-time 12 and 5? You got a core. That's true. You do have good things around it. But here, here's why I think it's at an all-time low, even worse than Dave Campo. Because you were at the bottom. There's nowhere else to go but up when you had the Dave Campo years, Chan Gailey's, what have you. Now you had a good team that couldn't get past the first round. Again, by the way. Um, or the first game. And you had Catboy coming out talking about things won't really change in their approach and, and all that stuff. So when you see that, and when you see other teams doing it the way they do it, and then the way the Catboys do it, you go into this offseason, in my opinion, with a, a, and I said this before when the Cowboys lost, I feel like the front office lost its biggest currency, and that's hope from the Cowboys fan base. And then you put out a hype video that really wasn't a hype video. And you expect, what is that? What am I supposed to do with that? In February 14th or whatever, 13th, whatever day they, they dropped that video right after the Super Bowl. 
and you had the nerve, the audacity to put Tony Pollard in the hype video, by the way. And y'all know how I feel about TP not getting a rock. It, it, it pissed me off. I'm not going to lie to you because are you insulting my intelligence, Dallas? Love you, Derek Eagleton, you know, but, but you had to, you know, you had to look at your guy who made the video and say, not right now. The fan base is pissed. Uh, the Super Bowl was just won by a team who was aggressive. Um, yeah, this ain't it, bro. Let's wait maybe until some free agent moves. Let's maybe the the draft to get, get people. Right now, this ain't it. So I thought that was poor timing. Uh, I didn't like the hype video. Uh, I, you know, I thought it was bad taste. And it's insulting to my intelligence. So, yeah. Yeah, Dave Campo, Eric. It was terrible. Professor O said, Eagleton been tripping with the hype videos. Last year, they forgot to put Dak in the hype video. Yeah, that was another one where it was like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Uh, Stevie Mac having a little laugh at the hype video. Yeah, man. Yeah. And then real quick, I seen somebody bring up the, the halftime show from the, the, the Super Bowl. Man, the halftime show was lit. I was, it, honestly, I forgot about the game. Now, the halftime show wasn't for everyone. Right, we understand that the halftime show wasn't for everyone, and all the halftime shows are like that, right? They have a targeted demographic. So if you didn't like the halftime show, at least let the rest of us enjoy that thing. That drum's dope. Um, I feel like I was looking more for '90s Mary J. Not gonna lie to you, I was looking for like the real love Mary J. They gave me Auntie Mary J. I'll take it. The the surprise of. 50 Cent really wasn't a surprise. They they always spoil that stuff, but I thought it was hilarious him hanging up, hanging upside down from like from the video. Uh somebody said 50 Cent was looking like a dollar. <laughs> you know, I, I love the internet. Y'all hilarious. Uh you had Snoop, you know, doing this thing prior to coming out there. I thought it was hilarious. People made a big deal about it, but hey, it's Snoop. What do you think? That's what he's known for. I thought Dre was fantastic, man. I was I was talking to my aunt while we were watching. I'm like, man, I'd love to hear some just just nostalgic wise some some new Dre. Just because I felt like he did a good job, uh, just a musical genius. I thought M's performance was great. I thought K Dot's performance was dope. It, honestly, listen, y'all, we want to talk about the greatest halftime shows and things like that. I don't think it was maybe the greatest, but it's definitely up there with one of the best halftime performances in my opinion of all time. I wouldn't say it was the best just yet, but, you know, the Bruno, the Michael Jackson, Prince, that one, I I think it deserves to be up there with them, though. I thought that halftime show was dope. That was dope. Um, Andre Robinson, appreciate the donation, brother. Super chat. He says, uh, it was tacky to have a hype video on the Rams day. Mm. They might whoop us this year for that one. Speaking of which, the Cowboys might play the Rams on opening night, so pay attention to that one. Will said Mary J's thighs was a fire. Listen, Mary, I was I loved Mary J's performance because she always knew how to perform, but they they gave us the PC Mary. And I I get it. I get it. They gave us Auntie Mary. I wanted real love, Mary. They gave us Auntie Mary. Oh uh, yeah, M, I love how I, see, I wanted a Tupac hologram too, Professor. I did too. They gave us the little rendition for about 10, 15 seconds um with Dr. Dre, but Man, that was a dope halftime. We could have a whole show on the halftime show. For real, for real. That was amazing. All right. Sully said, I needed that famous Mary J. Bop. I did, too. I was I was hoping to see that, too. We didn't get it, though, man. We didn't get it. 
All right, so listen, we already got a couple people on the line waiting, 571 and our guy Reek. So what I want to do is I want to jump into the roundup real quick. I'll come out the roundup. We will talk. We'll get on the horn, and then we'll get into some of this Super Bowl matchup. Uh, we'll break it down a little bit here and, and tie some things into the Cowboys if we can, man. All right? So let's do the damn thing. Look at that, my Gucci. It's about that time. It's time. It's time. It's time. Time. It is time for. It's time for the morning roundup. Round them up, boys. That's right. The first morning roundup post NFL 2021-2022 NFL season. This is that morning roundup presented by Texas Family Fitness. Strive for progress, not perfection. Fitness goals are not accomplished with one workout. Progress towards your goals with Texas Family Fitness. A solution for your fitness goals. Check out any of the nine locations in the DFW area or visit TexasFamilyFitness.com. First up on the docket, a lot of the Cowboys players and NFL players in general were down at Super Bowl weekend in L.A. who, again, did it big. Salute to L.A. They did it big. Uh, And Dak Prescott was one of them. He went on the Rich Eisen show, and he talked about the calf strength. Now, y'all know me. I, I said I wasn't giving a pass on the calf strain later in the season because I thought it was fine. But this is what he said. He said, I wouldn't say it lingered as long as people gave me the excuse of it. Hence what I was talking about. I went through a period of time during the season where I just didn't play my best ball. Period. I've been tuning out a lot of what the Cowboys have been saying, players, coaches alike, but I'm glad he owned up to this this part of it that, listen, y'all, I appreciate y'all trying to give me the calf excuse, but it didn't linger as much as y'all thought it did. And and that's what I came away from. You could tell it was an issue at first, but once you got towards the end of the year, my man was taking off. He was dropping back fine. I thought it was fine. I know I may be in the minority on it, but I, I, I'm not giving that thing an excuse. Hopefully, though, he comes into next year not having to deal with any issues, right? He can go through training camp, go through preseason, play a couple games, get to regular season 100% healthy, and let's rock out Uh, because I don't want to hear any of this. I don't. So I appreciate him doing that. But uh, he on a hot seat right now with the fan base, and I understand. You know, I I get it. And there's some people that are crazy with it, but but I get it. Everybody's frustrated, right? Then you ask C.D. Lamb. He said something that he said a couple things, actually that I thought needed to be pointed out. Um, and one of them, my guy Jesse has sent me a tweet, then he then he posted about it, where C.D. Lamb was asked about being utilized like uh, Debo. And I think it was a lot of you guys in the chat talked about utilizing him like Debo. We talked about it a little bit on air, the game day shows. He can be utilized like Debo. Um, we also talked about, I personally think I'd like to see Lamb on the outside and be and be featured more in that way but he has the, the inside ability in the slot. Um, and he also said on the second half offensive woes. This is what he just quote. I just feel like we got away from what we originally started the first seven to eight games. Mm-hmm. When we popped out the six and one, we were very aggressive. I felt like in the middle of the season, we slightly got away from that. Now you're now being nice walking the back. a little. We slightly got away from it. You didn't slightly get away from it. You completely went away from what you were doing. 
the biggest part in this quote to me was, I just feel like we got away from what we originally started in the first seven, eight games. Big. Because Cowboys Nation, we've been talking about that all second half of the year. It was it was obvious. And you had the coaches and coming out on these press conferences acting like we couldn't see it. I see you. I see you're not doing the things that were that we were doing in the first half of the year. Why? Your players are back. You were the most healthy you were at the end of the season. And to hear, I'm I'm glad Lamb came out and said this. Honestly, I'm hoping that this resonates through the 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 coaching locker room to Mike McCarthy and to Kellen Moore, and then all the way down to Dak. Get back to doing what worked. Period. Point blank. And then finally, I wanted to talk about the Rams Super Bowl potential domino effect. Will the Rams Super Bowl win shake up the NFL Cowboys Nation? Will the Rams Super Bowl win shake up the NFL? Part of me wants to say yes, because it should. Teams should look at what the Rams have done and adapt to that. They don't have to do, they don't have to go that far left with it, but and one of these teams are the Cowboys. They should adapt to what the Rams did. The aggressive nature. They're going out and, and, and acquiring certain players to help you right away. We put too much stock into draft picks. I know draft community loves it. They love it. Me personally, get my guy Mel, for instance, he hit me up. He asked me about a player being traded for the 31st pick. I said, I, I guess. It depends who's there. Because I'm all about somebody that can help me right now. But I said, me personally, I'd rather go take that pick, or I'm sorry, take that player and flip him for a, an established player that could help me right now. And that's something that the the Rams did to perfection this year. Over the last four years, we showed this, this graphic, what, a week or two ago? And look at the guys that helped them win the Super Bowl. Matt, now Jalen Ramsey, he got cooked a couple times in that game. Von Miller, Sonny Michelle didn't really have a, a role in that Super Bowl, which he should have, but he had a role getting there. Odell, which we'll get to in a second, and Andrew Whitworth, who salutes a big man, big wit, the other wit, for getting his Super Bowl ring. None of these guys were drafted by the Rams. So I applaud their approach. Uh, I applaud uh, Les Snead for, for being aggressive, and I applaud uh, Sean McVay for allowing his players and his personalities to come together and do their thing. And obviously, none of this would be possible without AD, which we'll get to in a second. Uh, I thought Aaron Donald was phenomenal, and we'll, we'll, we'll have some conversations on Aaron Donald. Um, but let's jump into the, to the, to the hotline real quick and get to our Pulse of the Nation and talk to our guy, Fresh. What's up, Fresh Fate? What's good, homie? I'm good, man. Long time no speak, obviously. How did your uh, Super Bowl weekend go? Oh, man, it was Gucci. Um, it just kind of made me realize that we trash. <laughs> <laughs> no. Did it sugarcoat it? It made me realize we trash, dog. <laughs> man, watching, watching the Bengals get there and then seeing how trash the Bengals' old line is, like we we want so bad for our O line to be perfect and everything to be perfect because 
we gotta we gotta account for the coaches being not what they should be. So that's why everything has to be perfect as far as the players and you know that's like that. Man. That's so but, funny you say that because we all often hear from the detractors that don't like the quarterback that everything has to be perfect around that, bruh. No, everything has to be perfect. Period. Because your front office Period. and your coaching isn't really going to give you much of an edge as you thought. Well, your coaching at least. So, yeah, yeah, shit got to be perfect for, for Dallas, unfortunately. This shit got to be too perfect, man. And it, it's, you know, the Bengals almost had that game, man. But it was, a, it was a good game. But, you know, just made me realize that there are certain things schematically that we, we got to change or that, mm. you know, the team has to change, um, especially offensively. That's, you know, just seeing the, the number one receivers for the Rams – and then the Bengals constantly get the ball, and we make excuses about why Amari Cooper can't get open, why CeeDee Lamb can't get open. It's just, it, it just really just made it, highlighted it even more. I didn't even go anywhere. I stayed at the crib. I grilled, I grilled up a few wings and, you know what I'm saying, did my own thing and just chilled at the house and then, you know, and sort of just watched it. Just wanted to, you could but, argue at the end of the game the – Cincinnati Bengals coaching staff kind of choked that one away. Uh, at the very least, they could have been playing for a tie, but they decided to do something that the Cowboys often do too much. Maybe get a little bit too cute, yeah. not go to your top players. Instead of putting Joe Mixon in too cute. and going to Joe or just saying, hey, you know, you want to play 10 yards off on a freaking third and one, second and one, I'm just going to smoke screen this thing to Jamar Chase, who just burnt Jalen Ramsey for a big play. And, and instead, they wanted to try a deep shot, which – Whatever, second and one, I, I get it in a way, but again, kind of what Dallas did all year, you know, want to get cute, don't, don't don't target their top guys, and it kind of played them at the end of the game. Uh, but but salute to the Rams defense as well, though they turned up in that second half. Facts, facts, and, and that's that's another thing I really noticed. I mean, I you know I'm looking forward to Neville Gallimore and um, Osa getting a, another off season. You know what I mean? Because that interior pass rush. Save the game for the Rams. The pass rush. Um, so you know. I, I'll tell you what: if Dallas can, can they need to keep D Law. But if they can keep D Law and Randy, or, or, or replace Randy with another talented pass rusher, that that should have showed you yeah. that you know AD Von Miller, uh, A. Sean Robinson, by the way, who had a good game too. Yeah. Um, Leonard Floyd. They had a stable of guys getting after the quarterback, and, and and I'm not trying to compare our guys to them, but I'm just trying to go. You know, they had about three or four guys that got to the quarterback you know, got after the quarterback all game. Dallas, right now, if they bring back Randy, they'd have three guys and some young bucks that can step up into that, hopefully that, you know, that role with Osa and, and Neville. Yeah. But you could continue to add that. So we've we seen in the Super Bowl that a pass rush obviously is important. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, if you look at the Rams' defense, they're sort of built like Dallas because we have, we have all, I mean, a, a pass rush too, but we have better linebacker at Micah. We have a, a really good corner in Diggs. We had yeah. better safety play. I mean, then I mean we I mean we have a better. I mean, to me, we just had a better slot corner. Maybe I mean maybe the number two corner probably you know evens out. But I mean, we're built just like the Rams. Yeah, I, I I will definitely. I like our well. I liked our defense last year. We don't know what the hell is going to be this year. But I, I would definitely yeah. put it up there with them. They just got you know they got a guy named AD. We got a guy named Micah. But they got a guy named Mayor Down. I go down, <laughs> but but I, I got to give credit to Raheem Morris too. I thought he downed it up. Um, I, I'm not I'm not knocking Dan Quinn. 
Dan Quinn, I think, was great. Um, I think even Dan Quinn yeah. would go back and say, okay, I could have did a few things a little differently this year, certain games or whatever. Uh, but I thought Raheem Morris dialed up a fantastic game, a lot of overload blitzes, uh, put pressure on that, that terrible offensive line. Sometimes we've seen in Dallas, right, where the Cowboys go up against a subpar offensive line. It's like, yo, we're the pressure. Yeah. Um, that wasn't the case right. for, for, for the Rams. Cool, man. Last, last thing, man. I, I think, I mean, this year – alone like the, the, everybody's focused on every other position like defensive line uh you know well you know offense what's going to happen o-line the kicker to me lost those three games last year oh, wow. and i think that's got to be a, even if we got to pull the like what, what the Bengals did and draft a kicker sure whoever the best kicker is in, in college you got to make that a priority this offseason because you legit could have been a number one seed if your kicker didn't blow a few games, man. You, like the, the first game against the Bucks, I forgot the other no. two games, man. There's some other games in there, man. So I, that that's got to be a number one. I mean, yeah, there are other priorities, but a kicker can legit lose. So many games if if they're not on points, that's got to be a, a high priority. Probably, you know, one B, you know, one B priority this off season. So yeah, yeah, I, mean, I, I, I would I'll, definitely be looking to get a kicker. Yeah, man. All right, man. I'll leave you with that, man. That's it. All, All right, right, brother. Bro. Appreciate Take you, easy, man. Yeah, yeah. We I would love to go to McPherson route, uh, draft some guy fifth, sixth round. I mean, it's fifth, sixth round. Six rounders we've been kind of okay with, but are we really hitting? If we really go down these draft picks, we're not. It's not like these guys are becoming studs or something. So go ahead, draft one of these guys with a uh, compensatory pick or something, uh, or sign a kicker, whatever. Just get a get a different kicker in there. Right? It's 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 clear it's a problem. It wasn't a problem in the playoffs. Um, I I wonder if if having home field would have mattered anyway. Yeah, you'd have been one step closer to the AFC cha- or NFC Championship game, but. Uh, the way that game played out makes me wonder if Dallas would have moved on anyway. Uh, again, it seemed like coaching and the players. And, and it, like, like uh, who was it? I think it was Mike Wervin. I think it was uh, Emmitt Smith, who both said stars have to show up. And for the Rams, I thought they did that in the Super Bowl. And kind of quickly recapping at the beginning of that Super Bowl, I thought Odell Beckham Jr., star, Pretty much set the tone. He pretty much set the tone. Uh, he had two two catches for 52 yards and a touchdown. That touchdown was the opening touchdown of the game, which I finally got back to PA and was able to bet, and I should have bet on that dude scoring the first touchdown of the game, but I didn't. Uh, but Odell Beckham stepped up in the time that he was there in one of your stars, right? And a question kind of came out after that game. Real quick before we get to that question. He set the tone, and then he tore his ACL. Now, if you guys remember, uh, we talked about this last week. I said, hey, you know, if you move on from Cooper, or even if you don't, if Odell Beckham is, is in your wheelhouse, if he's available, that's something I would look into. Then he tore his ACL for the second time. But there's people still talking as if maybe you would go after an Odell Beckham. Uh, let me play this audio real quick from 105 through the fan. I know Jeff Cavanaugh is a fan of it, but here's, I believe it's Bobby Belt uh, talking about potentially getting, going after an Odell Beckham. Hey, I'm trying to sign Odell Beckham. What do you think? It's going to be nice and cheap. He just blew out his knee. 
yeah, I mean, well, you might be, you know, looking at re-signing a guy who just blew out his knee, too. So uh, the only difference is it hasn't happened twice, I guess, in recent history like it has with Odell. But, um, you know, I, there's a little bit of me that goes, you know, I don't know that you want to do this or that. Or, or like, you, you know, you look at certain moves and, you know, you wonder, is that really worth it? I think the Cowboys are at a point now where, you know, 26 years into this thing, it's like just maybe start going against the gut a couple times. A couple times to say, he's a great player. Forget our read of this. Let's just, you know, see if he can make a difference here. And, you know, I, I don't know what his market's going to be like given his injury history. But like Gavin talked about earlier, like you are dealing with a little bit of a Porzingis effect. He's hurt guy. And so, um, you know, and, and I don't think it's as big a problem as it used to be. But, I mean, he used to also be kind of volatile personality guy. He could get taken out of games. And that was a problem at times. And so, uh, but I mean, look, if you're going to, kind of shift things around in your receiver room, sure, why not? You know, take a gamble. Let's go. See, see, see if he'll come here on a Randall Cobb deal and, you know, kind of rebuild things for a year. Yeah. Randall Cobb was hurt guy, too, coming into Dallas, and he was he was fine when he was here. So. I find it interesting you brought up Randall Cobb because we talked about this last week, remember? Uh, Randall Cobb came in on a one-year one deal, $5 million. Here's the thing. I'm going to change my tune, but you can't blame me. Last week, I'm all for Odell Beckham. Now that he's coming off two ACL injuries, I don't know that I would do that. Um, Again, I don't even know if I would bring back Michael Gallup after his ACL injury, but let alone a guy who's torn his ACL twice in the same knee who's susceptible to tearing it again like he just did. And I believe it's twice in consecutive seasons, if I'm not mistaken. So... Unfortunately, I am out on Odell Beckham Jr. I, again, I, I praised him last week. I said I thought that he he matured a little bit in L.A. Um, as much as Odell can. Like, Odell's still Odell. Uh, he wasn't a problem there. And, 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 and you see that happen throughout the NFL, right? You see players, they get to locker rooms or organizations that can handle them and, and treat them differently, and they're not a problem. I don't think he was much of a problem in Cleveland either, but that's just me. Um, so now I'm out, y'all. Are you guys in or out on, on potentially targeting Odell Beckham for 2022? I'm out because of the two ACL tears. I feel like I can go elsewhere. If I'm going to attack the free agent market at wide receiver and not and it's not Michael Gallup, I'd go elsewhere because of those two ACLs. Can't do it. And it sucks because I think he would fit perfectly in a sense of being open, being available, um, Big playability, hands, quickness, route running. He would be a perfect complement for Dak Prescott, but can't trust him with the two ACLs. See what you guys got. Fresh is still in. CJ's out. Peter's out. Let me pull y'all up here so y'all can see. Too soon right now. Let's see the price of the and recovery timetable. I would imagine he won't be available, Tom Downey Burner account, till. Maybe end of September, October. So, you know, I guess price, you're right, right? If he's $5 million, then hell, why not? But I I think I'd still be out. I need a guy that's going to help me right now, especially if you're going to get rid of Cooper, which would be stupid. Uh, two ACL tears scare me, uh, says Mr. Woods. I'm with you. Uh, it's interesting getting rid of a guy who was an introvert for a guy who will let, let you know loudly when he's bothered by something. Hey, I, I'm, a, I'm not, listen. Odell is not Terrell Owens. 
I'm okay with guys that are vocal, uh, guys that that speak up. Uh, now Odell in in New York, I'd probably be out on that. He was different, but I thought in in Cleveland and in L.A., I didn't I didn't see anything that that bothered me with Odell Beckham. I'm just I didn't. John is still in. Vincente is still in. I'm with you, Matisha. I'd probably go a different free agent wide receiver. TC's out. Two, we talked about Traquan Smith. Uh, Vicente says sell out, go all in. I don't even know if Odell would be an all in move because I don't think it's going to cost him a ton, y'all. I don't think it's going to cost a lot to get him because he's on his second ACL injury. Um, likely another one year deal. My guy Sosa in the building. Uh, he says Coop, Lamb, and Odell Beckham would have been smooth pre injury, but he's out now. Out. <clears throat> That would have been sick. You just got me hyped because I wasn't really thinking about Coop and Beckham because now I can play with that slot. I can put Coop or Beckham in the slot, and those are the two guys I'll do it because they're the route runners. But my gosh, that'd be sick. That'd be sick. So, yeah, it sucks that he tore his ACL, but I'm out. I'm out. All right, let's hop back to the phone lines, get to my guy, Reek, man. How you doing, brother? Yo, what's going on, Skywalker, man? Um, what's good, Cowboy Nation? Like, subscribe, share, all that good stuff. Um, what I got to say is this, man. Uh, I'm upset about these Cowboys, uh, the organization putting out a, a hype video when it's nothing to get hyped about, first of all. Um, they have no discipline in Dallas. Uh, they they, they want to be like the Showtime, Showtime Lakers. Uh uh, without the championships, without the hardware to show it. Uh, we got old school hardware, but there's a lot of dust on that. It's mm-hmm. time to get some new hardware in there. And the Rams, the Rams uh, showed you how to do it, uh, one of the ways to go about doing it. And even, even I got to give Cincinnati, even though they lost, they, they, showed, they showed a good uh, way to go about uh, changing, changing their uh, fortunes around, too. Yeah. They look around, too. And my thing is like this: what what I was impressed with with the Rams is that they turned it on at the right time. They was disciplined in that game, and they knew when to turn it on. When they like, it's time to go. The, the dogs went hunting, and we we seen the results at the end of that game, offense and defense. You know what I mean? And what I mean by that is, what I uh. Matthew Stafford stood up tall when it was time to stand up tall. Sure did. Everybody knew where the damn everybody knew where the damn ball was going, and his offensive coordinator wasn't talking about oh well. I just don't want to get it to one guy. I want to get it to everybody. Man, Kelly Morton, man, you're killing me with that bullshit, bro. Because I like in that San Fran game, and I don't mean to go back and change the subject. In that San Fran game. How in the heck you don't go back to Coop, man? And he scored the touchdown. He helped you get downfield. You don't get pop, pop. Pollard doesn't get his touches, and he helped get you down the field. What? What? what I, that's the shit that made me mad because it's not showing confidence in our guys. You know what I mean? And it's got this whole Scott Linehan feel again. Oh, for sure. And I think that's, and I think that's what's turning Amari Cooper off. And a part of me like, yeah, you let. Go ahead and let Coop go if y'all want to. I hope he come back in within the division. And and whoever he go to, I hope they get a quarterback so he come into Dallas and tear our asses up because we don't we don't know how to use the weapons that we got when we have them. 
We let these dudes get old, get broken up, or we let them go because of some money bullshit. And I'm getting tired of that junk, man. It's like, why would you spend the first round draft pick on this dude if you want to just get rid of him now? Yeah, let me, let me. You know what I mean? I was thinking about that the other day too. Uh, it makes no sense because you you spent the first round pick and then you waited to sign him, but you signed him to a two year or to a five year deal with the two year out. Why why would you do that all within four years of acquiring him? That that makes no sense. If you were going to be out on Mari Cooper in two years, I wouldn't have signed him. Period. I get that. I, I get that you put the two year out in there as a precaution, but nothing that I've seen from Mari Cooper shows me that you need to get rid of him. In fact, I would extend him or whatever you want to do to move the money, restructure whatever, and keep him around. Uh, so it makes just zero sense to get rid of Amari. Absolutely no sense to get rid of Amari Cooper, and I don't think anybody can really convince me otherwise. That's what I'm saying, Sky, because it's like the reason, the reason I keep saying going, I know you, I know you, me and you will have a couple of debates about this, about Kevin Moore would just back up this backup quarterback mindset about things. I don't and agree with the you. Reason I said, the, 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 the reason I say that, and I was just thinking about it, the reason I say that is because people like Amari Cooper do not respect people like Kellen Moore. You can tell because Amari Cooper, he's a quiet dog. He's a quiet alpha dog. You know what I mean? He He's one of them people that he speaks when spoken to. You know what I mean? And he knows his skill set. And he looking, he probably looking at Kellen Moore like, bruh, you couldn't hold my jock strap, bruh. You know what I'm saying? You was all right in Boise State, but when you got to the NFL, you was a backup, bruh. You know what I mean? I've been a starter the whole time. So I know winning. He comes from a winning program. So he knows about winning. He knows about being in big games. That dude doesn't. You know what I'm saying? And, and it showed. You know what I mean? And, and my whole thing is like this. The Rams – did not do no silly stuff when it was time to turn it on offense and defense. Why can't the Cowboys do that? And we got all these damn weapons on both sides of the ball. We just let these dudes get old, get broke down, or they leave a free agency. I don't understand what Jerry them is running up in there, but they need to change that shit. They need to, they need to put people in place to change the culture of this team. Yeah. Why has this team got so many damn penalties, man? That be killing us. All this show is rigging. It always rears his ugly head. One minute we feeling good, we don't beat some bum ass team. Then when it's time to show up against these good teams, they folding, man. I don't get that shit. And now you putting on hype videos, man. Ain't nobody getting hyped for that bullshit. Excuse my French cowboy nation, but it's it's so frustrating to go on the internet and see cowboy fans that got their hearts and souls into the into this team, and they getting like the cowboys organization is drinking our tears but taking our money. And it's messed up, man. So it's like I just feel like something got to change within this culture, man. Because it's too much of us that's that's uh, invested into this team, and they keep feeding us the same BS every year, bro. Indeed, bro. I'm just tired, man. I heard you. You know, I heard you. That's, why that's I all I got to say, you sky. Uh, I got. I'm gonna let you go, man. All right, peace, cowboy nation. Appreciate, appreciate you, brother. That's why I let you yep. rock. So I let you rock because you you speaking for all of us for the most part with with your your frustrations. And, and you're talking about the change in the cultures and, and things like that. One of the most disappointing things, I think, in that playoff game was that I didn't see any of our leaders really galvanize the team when it mattered. Where we watched Aaron Donald do that multiple times during this postseason. And I'm not talking about not just on the field, but he literally 
rose up and said, let's go. He talked about having a guy like Von Miller come into this organization. Von told him, mind you, a Hall of Famer himself, already a Super Bowl champion, veteran. Von told him, this is what what, uh, Aaron Donald talked about, told me to be more of a vocal leader. He said, I always looked at myself as a leader, but leading by example, but I became more of a vocal leader because of Von Miller. Von Miller said, when you talk, everybody's going to listen. And he took that and implemented in his leadership. You saw it throughout the postseason. You saw it in the Super Bowl. You you saw it, uh, I forget what, I think it was the Niners game or whatever. And it paid off. Aaron Donald in that second half was, I'm not going to use that term just yet. He was amazing. He was amazing. He snapped. And I think it started when they got in his face and they, they woke him up. They tried to push him around, they, 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 which was stupid to me. I was looking over to my uncle. I'm like, they just they just woke this man up. You know, y'all was triple and double teaming him and it was working, whatever, in the first half. Y'all just woke him up. And I thought the biggest play of the game wasn't just the last play. But it was that third down. I think they were inside the 20. Had a chance to go up double digits. Third down. He just walks my man back into uh, Joe Burrow's lap. Get the sack. And they kick the field goal to keep it a one-possession game. He ended up finishing with uh, two sacks. And then the game went in play. And right after, you had everybody saying, was is Aaron Donald the greatest defensive player of all time? Now, at first... Automatically, you know, I obviously didn't see all of LT, but I know my history and Lawrence Taylor comes to mind first. I'm like, LT changed the game. LT was LT. When you look at Aaron Donald's accolades, he's worthy of the discussion. I will say that. Eight-time Pro Bowler, seven-time All-Pro, only been in the league for eight, nine years. Uh, All-Decade team of 2010s. Three-time defensive player of the year and really could have won it five, four or five times and finally gets that Super Bowl ring. That's y'all, man. Do y'all think Aaron Donald is the GOAT defensive player? And and some of the GOAT defensive players that uh, we grew up on, all right? Obviously, Lawrence Taylor, Reggie White, and here's Aaron Donald. If you had to put GOAT defensive players up there, maybe you throw in Deion Sanders, but I think these three, you do. I think Aaron Donald's in a discussion. I do, but we got a lot of uh, old school fans here, so I want to hear your thoughts here on Aaron Donald in that GOAT discussion. Are y'all tripping? Y'all talking about hell as if he's not worthy. Hell no. What do you mean hell no? I mean, he up there. He definitely up there. What are you talking about? But, but, but I don't know if I'd put him over the LTs, the Reds just yet. I mean, he could still play some more and get to that point. But, man, don't disrespect him now. Uh, he's a great. So Fresh believes he's the greatest defensive player of his era. I'd go with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd go with that. C says Reggie White over AD. I can't argue it, right? Like, I can't argue that. I can't argue you saying Lawrence Taylor. But honestly, other than Lawrence Taylor and Reggie, and I love Dion, it's hard pressed to sit here and find another defensive player that that's better than Aaron Donald, man. I mean, I get Bruce Smith, right? I get, I mean, somebody even brought up Deacon Jones, who, you know, turn, he coined the term sack and, and probably would have the sack record if, he, if they had all the sack numbers back then. I, I would put him over, over Ray, and I like Ray Lewis. I like Ray Lewis. 
Uh, and then someone asked me, is, is Aaron Donald retiring? It sure sounds like he might, man. By the way, shout out to Pittsburgh. I, I knew he went to Pitt. I didn't know he was from Pitt until I heard him talk. <laughs> then I heard him talk. I'm like, okay, yeah, he definitely from Pittsburgh. But I'll say this. Aaron Donald, at the very least right now, is a top five defensive player of all time. I'll stand firm on that one. I, I mean, I can't argue with anyone that doesn't have him at one or two or three or whatever because of some other guys. But but Aaron Donald is right there with all those goats. Period. He he dominated the sport like a Shaq did. And he's not built like Shaq. The things he does are ridiculous. He's about to have more sacks from the defensive tackle position than some defensive ends. In an era where it's harder for the defensive players. Got to put him up there. My original OG, B-Bird. What's up, bro? Hey, what's up, Scott? How you doing this morning, man? I'm good, man. I'm good. Yeah, so uh, I hope you enjoyed your break, bro. I did. But um, one of the things I was going to talk to you about is, um, you know, when we look at – I look at the playoffs and what I gathered from it was that, you know, we can have – you look at some of these rosters that – made the Super Bowl, made the NFC, AFC championship game, and you say, okay, well, we got all those things. Like we, and actually some of them you say, well, we, we're better at some positions, groups than they are. I mean, sure. but what I what I got from it was I think uh, I think what, what we are at Dallas and what the Joneses have cultivated was we're a corporate football team, man. Mm, and, I like that term. And, and we're, yeah, we, we're a corporate football team. And everything is done with a dollar sign in it. And whenever that happens, whenever you're in a corporation, you're never going to have a feel to it. You'll never have a passion about it. You'll just be a cog in the wheel. And so everybody's over there just you know, signing contracts, getting paid, doing their time, move, moving on. There's no passion about their day-to-day activity. What I've seen is one thing I saw on the sidelines in the NFC Championship game. But I saw Debo Sanders crying. And, and what it was is because he put, put, he put his heart out there. He laid everything on the line. And, man, he wants that championship, and he, he, he wanted it bad. I think Odell Beckham had to come over there and console him. Um, who cried for the Cowboys when we lost? Everybody packed their stuff up and started you know, thinking of excuses and stuff and doing their press conferences and just carried on. Nobody's passionate about what they you, do over there. You say that, and but, I'm sitting here thinking, like, nobody not, nobody cried, but it, also, it almost felt like they were disappointed because they felt entitled to moving on as opposed to yeah. being pissed yeah. off. They, they they kept saying, oh, man, we didn't expect this. And, you know, it, it, yeah. it, it didn't feel like y'all were pissed off. It felt like y'all, y'all were entitled to the second round instead of going out and earning it. Correct. And so, you know, you look and, and, I, and I'll, I'll say this and without even apologizing, the, uh, we lost the NFC championship game to uh, San Francisco back in the 90s that one. We let it lose in San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, you know, Emmett, and they got pictures of Emmett and Michael on the sideline saying, we never going through this again. And what it was is that was a passion back then. And so I think at this point in time, you got Michael Parsons has that passion, man. He wants to win. That's because he hadn't been, he's hadn't been in his corporate environment long enough. Once he gets in his corporate environment, we don't know what's going to happen. I mean, you stole my thunder when you said Aaron, uh, Aaron Donald rallying the troops. Mm-hmm. Who rallies the troops in Dallas, man? Who who does that? And one of the things I do want to say, and I've always stood on this, and I will today. Anybody say something about, like, Whitney, he's a quiet leader or such as a quiet leader? It's no such thing as a quiet leader, man. Leaders are vocal. 
they bring things to themselves and they get, they get their message out. They don't just sit around and say, I'm going to do this and I hope somebody follows me. They demand people follow them. I, don't, I, I do not like the, hey, he's a quiet leader. No, he's not. He's just a quiet person. He's about himself. Not about himself, but he doesn't know how to get his passion onto the team and make them follow him. Michael Irvin wasn't a quiet leader, man. No. That, dude, that dude demanded you follow him. And, he, and he, he set a standard. That's what leaders do. And we got too many guys that are quote-unquote quiet leaders on our team, man. And we don't have anybody with a passion that hate to lose. What we got is, and the thing comes from the top of the, it comes from the top of this organization, man. It's all, it's all corporate, man. The whole thing is corporate. The stadium is corporate, man. The stadium was not built for football. It was built to entertain motocross, WWE, SummerSlams, and stuff like that. With those things in mind, man, Jerry Jones is always trying to hawk the stadium. He's thinking dollar signs, dude. Yeah, no, no, no. That's that's for sure. Look, Jerry Jones went down to to Super Bowl weekend all smiles. All, all, all smiles, all ears. Everything was all great and cheesy, and making fun of of, of uh, Eagle fans. And my guy Law says something. And I think he says this every year, but it's a good point. You know, most general managers and presidents of certain teams, but mostly general managers, they're spending their time trying to get better. At this point, they're not at these award shows and all this other stuff. But because your general manager is also your president and is also your owner. He's got to be out there and put his face out there so the star can remain bright, right? Because he's Jerry Jones, right? And this is the Dallas Cowboys. But what he needs to be doing is trying to figure out a way to make this team better. Instead, he does pass off the, you know, he passes it off to other people, but eventually some of the most important decisions come down to Jerry and Steven, and, and I don't think they make the right ones. The reason why he can be down there is because his job's not in jeopardy. It's not in those jeopardy. Those other guys, those GMs, those other guys, they have to do this for their jobs. They got their kids' colleges. They got this nice house. They got the way they live. It depends on if they're successful, man. Mm-hmm. They're eating it, breathing it, and living it because it, their job depends on it. Jerry doesn't. You don't want a guy in that position whose job does not depend on it. That's why he can go on these yacht trips and doing the draft and all these other co- free agencies, excuse me, doing all these other things, man. And so – you know, uh, it's just one of those things that it comes from the top. You set the tone at the top, and everybody else, you know, me and you talked about this before uh, when uh, Jalen Smith got his contract. The first thing he started talking about is endorsements and, 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 and building with the Cowboys, his brand and all that. You know, Ray Lewis would never say anything like that. No. You know, but that's what we cultivate. That's what we cultivate telling. in Dallas. We cooperate a little bit of corporations. We got 53 corporations out there, man, on the field, and they don't feel anything. All they want to do is go out there and perform, and it's, 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 it's coming from the top, man. No, no, well, you're absolutely right. And I, and I will always remember that Jalen Smith interview because I, I I, really turned my head up. I was like, what? The first words out of your mouth was, man, I'm so thankful to be able to get into business with Jerry Jones. Huh? Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, okay. I mean, I get it. You know, it's, it's other things outside of football, but I'm just shocked that that was the first thing to come out your mouth was. Yeah. And that's because you know what Jerry did. Jerry spewed that to him. You know, listen, if you take this right. amount, it won't be the, you're not going to be the number one you know, highest paid linebacker or two, not even three. You're going to be about four or five, but we're going to, we're going to let you invest in so-and-so business. You're going to be involved in business. And when football's over, you can blah, 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 blah. It's not about winning a championship all the way. It's about, you know what? You'll be good enough and we'll be able to, you'll be able to get into business with us here. So that was telling. Yeah. So, so one thing I want to switch a little bit and talk about something you talked about earlier. And it's, um, uh, I am, uh, probably in the minority. I'll be on the island on this. I don't mind wide receivers speaking up. And people I used to know. always say, 
uh, they always say he's a diva, this, that, and other. What it is is the, the media paints these guys as diva. I knew Odell Beckham would do well in L.A. He's over there with a good quarterback, a good system. The thing is, is that people, why wide receivers speak up? Because they are the most reliant position on the team. You can have a, a Cooper Cup and give him a, a quarterback that sucks. He won't be Cooper Cup anymore. He'll just be a guy to catch 40 or 50 balls. And so he is very reliant on the quarterback, on the scheme, on everything. And here's the deal. People say, well, they got rid of that guy because he was speaking up. He's a diva, this, that, and the other. Well, could you tell me why they're going to get rid of Coop? Because he's the opposite. See, the thing is, is that Coop is not saying anything because that's in his nature. Man, I'm just going to go out here and do my job. I'm not going to make any waves. And they're still talking about cutting him. And so what I'm trying to say is, man, like these guys speaking up, I have uh, no problem at all with guys speaking up. You know, they had a problem with Dez picking up. I was a big Dez fan. I still am today, and I still think that he got railroaded out of Dallas, to be honest with you, because he was a scapegoat, and, 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 and he was this this uh, point that, you know, this pressure I, I, I point think, that people either loved him or hated him. I think Go with down. Dez, there's two sides to it. I, I think Dez definitely got shafted a little bit be, because of Scott Linehan didn't like him. Uh, they didn't mesh at all. Um, I also don't think that Dez was was this the amazing Dez Bryant. I think he was on the downside of his career and his contract. It, it didn't work out, and, and, and I, I get what they did, um, but I, it didn't help that Dez never really understood how to express himself in a manner that wasn't a detriment to somebody, right? He offended somebody all the time, and in the Joneses in Dallas, they don't like that. And I think because you had a young quarterback, they didn't want that either. With Tony, Tony could tell Dez, shut up. You know, I've been around. I'm a 10-year veteran. You shut up and do what I said do, you know? Dez was doing the opposite. Dez was telling, yo, Dak, what screaming and yelling and all this craziness. And at the end of the day, getting Amari Cooper, it worked out fine. But at that time, it was like, if you're going to get rid of Dez, what's your plan? If your plan was this, why the hell are you getting rid of Dez? Which was the wide receiver by committee. So I think there was two sides to that table. Uh, But I do think he got kind of railroaded out of Dallas, which infected him moving forward. And some of that is his fault. You know, he doesn't do too good in the media. Well, I'm not. I, I, absolutely, I absolutely do agree with you. But So we'll go into that a little bit, and I'm, I won't stay on it. But the thing about Dez is that you had to know what you were getting when you drafted Dez. And you, you had to understand his, his parental guidance wasn't there early on. So you, when you understand that, hey, I'm drafting this guy, he's this guy's an outstanding, you know, athlete, but he has some issues. And we're going to have to kind of address those things, you know, as we go on. So the but but the thing is the first year with Dak Prescott. Let me just tell you something. Dak Prescott was not a good quarterback his first year. He was just a cog in the wheel that that was a run first and then throw on third down. He was a he was a good quarterback as a rookie, but overall he was not a good quarterback. That dude missed guys all over the field. I would disagree with that. I don't think he saying he's not a good quarterback. I, I see what you're trying to say. He wasn't what he was now. He was a good quarterback. I don't know what you mean. He wasn't better than Tony. Put it that way. No, he wasn't better than Tony. I don't think anybody would say he was better than Tony. I, I don't think that he was. He stayed in because he was better than Tony. So what did what, what did Dez say after the first year? He said nothing. His stats took a beating. The second year, his stats took a beating too. So what I'm saying is, like, Dez actually was a good soldier in that in that aspect because his stats. He, hey, I just want to win. I just want to win. I don't care if they throw me the ball or not, right? And so when you look at look at Dez, you see his stats, and I didn't even want to go into this, but they 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 fall with. With uh, with with uh, Dak Prescott there, rather than what they were with uh, Tony Romo there. So his stats failed. That guy that loved the Cowboys. If that was anybody else, man, that dude would be on the team. Just like Sean Lee was like, man, if it weren't for the Cowboys, I, my my career would have been over three years ago. But they they shipped him out, and it wasn't uh, it was unceremoniously, to be honest with you. It was, but but, but guy, again, I didn't really. Yeah. 
Go ahead. Go on. Go on. No, I'm just saying. Well, I didn't really call it. I didn't want to. I didn't want. Yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't want to go into the dance thing. <laughs> I'm sorry about that, it's man. Cool. It's cool. I didn't really want to go into that. But I just wanted to say that you know, you know, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. If you're wide receiver that speaks up, well, you, you know, you this, you know, we gotta get rid of this guy. This guy's a diva. Get him out of here. If you're wide receiver that don't speak up, this guy makes too much money. Let's get him out of here. So what? You're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Cooper does, doesn't say anything at all, and they still contemplate letting this guy go who they won't even target. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna let you go, man. Let somebody else get on, man. I'll holler at you later, bro. Appreciate you, B. Bert. Yeah, it feels that way. You're damned if you do, if you're damned if you don't. As a receiver. You know, you didn't want the, I want to call it wildness, but you didn't want the outspoken Des Bryant. Now you got a guy who's not outspoken. And even when he does get outspoken, right, he goes into the media and says, yeah, I can help. I, I, can, I can help with this, you know, on third down in the red zone. It's, that ain't nothing. <laughs> that ain't nothing. And we're, we're contemplating getting rid of him. Doesn't make any sense. I, again, try to try. Tell me how the Cowboys are better without Amari Cooper and, and, and one Demarcus Lawrence. Just tell me. I don't, I don't see it. Uh, but but speaking of wide receivers, man, um, Cooper Cup and Matt Stafford, that last drive of the game, I thought they were just fantastic. I, I thought you saw, and somebody in the chat, and, and a lot of people said, you saw the opposite effect of, of what Kellen and, and Dak do, which is, you know, we're going to spread the ball around. We're not going to go to our guy. They said, screw that. Cooper Cup was targeted seven, six or seven times in that final drive. Through hell or high water, they were going to get the ball to Cooper Cup. And he had that uh, – now, again, third down, I get the, the the pass interference that was or that wasn't or whatever. I personally thought that they could have caught a pass interference prior to that. They didn't. I didn't even bring up the face mask on Jalen Ramsey earlier in the game. I get it, man. I wish the referees would have kept the same energy that they had uh, all game, which was they weren't throwing flags. They threw the flag. I don't want that to overshadow the accomplishment of what they did on that final drive. Uh, I still thought they were going to win the game anyway. Uh, but I thought they were just fantastic. I mean, you saw Matt Stafford do have a ridiculous throw. He, that no-look pass at that time I think is one of the best passes in the Super Bowl that I've seen over the last 20 years now. I, I don't know every single last pass, and I could be recency biased, but that throw was sick. That was absolutely sick. Uh, but I, I gotta give I gotta give a hat tip to Cooper Cup and Matt Stafford in that drive because they said, "Listen, I don't give a damn about this game, that scheme. He getting the rock. We're gonna win this game. Odell's out. He's getting the rock." And I think between Odell and Cooper Cup, you saw the importance of having two dynamic wide receivers like that. Odell helped in the first half, set the tone. Cooper Cup finished the game. Again, why would you want to get rid of a dynamic guy like Coop and now you you just got CD and who? Makes no sense. So I'm hoping that, you know, with this Super Bowl run, uh, this front office looks at, at some of these things and say, you know what, maybe we were thinking about this, but we're going to fall back. Uh, because look look how it's done. Look, not saying it's, you know, it's a bunch of different ways to skin a cat. But damn it, I sure as hell like this one. You know, I had to. I purposely picked this one because Eli Apple's over there a little bit. Eli Apple's getting absolutely torched in the in the media by peers and things like that. But that's his fault. I think it was after the Chiefs game. He was running his mouth. Eli Apple's trash. I don't understand why you talk like that. Just just be humble. Sit down. Be humble. <laughs> what you doing? Yeah, shout out to uh, Cheetah Bay Wuzier. He had an interception in that game. 
off a tip ball, but nonetheless, the interception. Mind you, when that happened, and I'm sitting here because that happened, back-to-back plays, just devastating plays for the uh, Los Angeles Rams. You had that 75-yard touchdown with the face mask situation, and then you had the interception the next play. I'm like, by by Awuzie. I'm like, yeah. If they win this Super Bowl and Cheetah Bay Awuzie has another pick or he, he, he you know, steps up and does some, some more positive things in this game, if I'm the front, if the front office of Dallas Cowboys are watching this, they gotta say, "Dang!" And, and Cheeto wasn't like amazing this year, but he was really good. Um, I, I thought comparable to uh, Anthony Brown, believe it or not. But I think if Cheeto had a defense like the Cowboys had this year in Dallas, and Dan Quinn, I thought he could have been potentially better than Anthony Brown. I, I truly do. But that's neither here nor there. Happy for Cheeto. Got a chance to go play in the Super Bowl. Got a pick in the Super Bowl. Not a lot of people can say that. Not a lot of people can say that. Uh, let's get to my guy, Glenn Los and then Marcus. What's up, Glenn, man? Hey, what's, hey, what's good, Scott? Thanks for uh, thanks for taking the call. So, uh, yeah, I, you know, I'm watching the Super Bowl, and I'm, I'm sure, like many other Cowboy fans, we're sitting there thinking, you know what? We're right there. And, and I'm not one of those... Cowboy Homer fans that just says we're right there no matter what. Um, I've been following the Cowboys since uh, the days of Steve Pallor back in the back in the eighties. But what I but the thing that concerns me is that uh, Jerry, in thinking that Cooper should be let go, I'm totally with you. This would be a tremendous mistake. Absolutely. But my opinion as far as the reason why I think Jerry's thinking that way, I think the other caller kind of stole my thunder. Jerry is a businessman, right? So what he does is he looks at the productivity and he says, I'm paying $20 million for a guy that's comparable to a guy who's, I don't know, pick generic receiver. And that's a dumb way to go. I agree. It's crazy. It's, It's dumb because as you and I both know, it's not a one-to-one correlation. We have two other wide receivers that are essentially starting wide receivers out there, and, and and that's going to eat up. Yeah, that's going to eat up a lot of the productivity. But I think Jerry also gets into his feelings too, right? And, and I got a theory on this. I don't know if you've already covered this. Sure. I think Jerry at the beginning of the year was very adamant about getting the vaccine. You know, the the CV vaccine. I won't I won't say it here. I got you. Uh, and 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 I think Jerry looked at the fact that Cooper didn't get it, I think that was an issue. And then Cooper ended up getting it, right? And it happens. Jerry probably wasn't happy about that. And then at the end of the year, he sees him at the basketball game, the Mavericks game. Yeah. And I think that, and I, and I don't know this to be true, but I think that left him really angry because it's towards the end of the year and the Cowboys are about to go on a playoff run. And so he's thinking to himself, what so in the world are you doing? I think that's, that's, that, I think that takes him off a little bit. I, I think that, I think Jerry's getting into his feelings. I don't know what you think about that. No, it's, it's definitely a theory that's been thrown out there and I can't, I can't dismiss it. Right. Because he's, he was very adamant about the Vax earlier in the, in the year uh, before the season started and during the season. And then when it happened, you heard him go on the radio and, and sound disappointed. But okay, Jerry, the man made a decision for himself for, for you know, about putting stuff in his body. He made a decision. It, it didn't work out for the best. Granted, if, even if you get it, you can still get it, if that makes sense. Um, sure. And, and sure. you know, listen, 
But when it comes to football, what did he do that pissed you off? Last year, Mari Cooper had 92 receptions for 1,100 yards and five touchdowns with four different quarterbacks, and the other three quarterbacks were bums, okay? He only had his quarterback for four and a half games, okay? So why would you take, why would you completely ignore that? And then this year, sure, he didn't notch the 1,000 yards, but he had 800 yards, eight touchdowns, and he only played in 14 games. So don't, don't not you, Glenn, but as Jerry, don't tell me you can get 800 yards, eight touchdowns because from anybody just because uh, they don't cost $20 million. Sit down. Sit your ass down. No, you cannot. You tried this before. Did you not with Alan Hearns and Deont- was Deontay, whomever, Butler or whatever. And, and Hop- yeah. You know what I'm saying? All these other dudes you tried to bring in. Tavon Austin. You don't know how to do two things I, I've learned. You don't know how to groom, draft a quarterback. You got lucky with Dak Prescott. You got lucky with Tony Romo. Other than that, you don't know what you're doing. And you don't know how to uh, acquiesce to the need of a wide receiver position. You got lucky with, uh, not Des Bryant, but you got lucky with C.D. Lamb. And then you were forced to trade for Amari Cooper. Let's remember that. You were forced to. Other than that, it took people like, it, it, it took, drastic things to happen, right? It took drastic things for you, and you got lucky with the, with the, a Miles Austin and things like that. Other than that, I'm, I don't trust you to replace an Amari Cooper. What have you done to show me that I trust you to replace an Amari Cooper or a Dak Prescott? Nothing, Glenn. No, no. You're, listen, <clears throat> you are absolutely 100% right, and I'll, and I'll say this and, and let you go so you can get to, to some other callers. Jerry Jones, uh, you know, Right now, if with this coaching staff, I know Jerry's thinking in the back of his mind, okay, after this year, I'm going to bring in Sean Payton. Okay, fine. I'm actually fine with that. But this isn't the year where you start letting key pieces go. Mm-mm. The easy fix here to get where we want to go as Cowboy fans, you go ahead and Coop stays on this team for at least this year with this coaching staff, you restructure D-Law, and you fix the offensive line, you have Jabril Cox coming back, you have another year with Dan Quinn, you add, you maybe add another defensive tackle, and then with the other draft picks, you're going to get a, a compensatory pick or two. This team's going to be loaded, but this is not the year where you start letting key pieces go for cap reasons. No. I, I can't read D-Law's mind, but I'm telling you right now, without him, it's a different defense. And... I just think the Cowboys are literally right there. If you want to, if you want to let guys go next year when you have Sean Payton, I'm cool with that because then I know I have a head coach who can scheme guys open. But this isn't the year where you start manipulating and releasing key pieces. That's a big mistake. This team is right there. Just fix the offensive line, get another defensive tackle, and then just with your normal draft picks, this team is loaded. Yeah, I, I've been. And I'll let you go. I appreciate you, Glenn. Great call. I've been saying it for quite some time. An organization that doesn't bring in the right coaches all the time and, and is not you know, forward thinking in the front office, if you want to overcome all that, then give me all the talent. I need all the talent. I'm greedy. 
give me all the talent. Because at some point, the talent will overcome it. Now, will it overcome it when, you, when the talent is matched? Will it overcome it against the best teams? That's when it gets tougher. And, and the Dallas Cowboys have been ranked there, you know, aside from that um, Minnesota game in 2009, even in the playoffs, they've been ranked there. The talent just couldn't overcome it. Um, but But that seems to be the best way is to acquire the most talent because you're not bringing in the right coaches and you're not doing, in my opinion, the forward-thinking things um, from around the league to to put you up there with the the Niners and the Packers and the Rams and you know whomever else in the league, the Chiefs, the Bills, all these teams that are going to be around for a while because they do things differently. And you better hurry up. I'm, y'all know me. I think windows can be altered, but I do think a team in the division is starting to put together a staff and a front office that you know, give them some years, they could be one of those teams that we're talking about. And I'm not, I'm not saying Super Bowl or anything like that. But I watched the 49ers get turned around because they put the right people up up front, put the right people at the coaching staff, and they did different did things differently um, in free agency and trades and things like that. So I'm just saying. Now, are we right? You know, Glenn kept saying, you know, we're close. In a way, you know, again, I got to see what we do. I got to see. We're close talent-wise, but if you get rid of a certain certain amount of players, then no. If you don't sign certain guys back, then no. And tomorrow, we're actually going to talk about more from that 2018 draft class. So, uh, we'll get into that. All right, let me get to my guy, Los. He's been on hold. Drop this real quick. Hold on, Los. One second, brother. One second. All right, what's up, Los? Good morning, Sky. Good morning. God bless, man. Happy... Hope you had a good Super Bowl Sunday with the family out in LA if you went. Had a great weekend, and, man. You know, yeah. And congratulations to the LA area and the LA Rams, man. They're on, they're an organization that did things right from the top to bottom, man. Gotta give it up to them. Yeah. From the firing of Coach Fisher, because we all forget how horrible a coach he was, right? <laughs> and to implanting a winning culture and scheme with Sean McVay. And let me say this about Sean McVay, man. I mean you can't speak much more about Sean McVay. Like, he was the youngest coach hired at 30 years old, and now he's the youngest coach to win the Super Bowl, you know? And brought that L.A. Rams with – this is the craziest part. He brought the L.A. Rams two times to the Super Bowl, one time with Jared Goff. Think about that. Yeah. Jared Goff at the quarterback, man. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's special, man. And Jared Goff he said, and, and a, a Todd Gurley, whose knee, you know, burned out on him. Yeah, so and I think the moment he stepped in that building, man, it was all gas, no brakes. And I think once he saw what golf was, like guaranteed what you know his his ceiling, I'm pretty sure he went to that building and said like, "Hey, uh, I'm not trying to run salt in the wound, but you know that first round pick, that Fisher pay, I mean, he ain't that guy, man. We got to change that." And guess what? They're busy 365 days of the year. You know that Stephen Jones saying, like you say, Sky, they're always adding players to add talent. And, like, I'm kind of envious about that because, you know, oh, when when was the last time Cowboys have done that? No, Stephen Jones loves to say, you know, talent acquisition is 365 days a year. No, it ain't. Talent acquisition for you, Dallas, is during the draft, right, between April and the end of March. And occasionally you'll sign somebody in, in July, Right. Occasionally. But that's where the talent acquisition ends for you, unless you are forced to do something like bringing in a Amari Cooper in the middle of the year 
Other than that, they're not they're not always looking to bring people. Marcus Peters, Akeem Talib, Brandon Cooks, they were all acquired in the middle of the season. <laughs> so, you know, Matthew Stafford was was acquired. Jalen Ramsey was acquired in the middle of the season. Von Miller in the middle of the season. Beckham in the middle of the season. Stafford was traded for in January. So that's 365 days of acquiring talent. Not whatever Stephen Jones wants to say. Exactly, Sly. And I saw an interesting tweet, you know, and this kind of, man, this made me feel some type of way. But they are now a two-time champion with two different franchises at the same time span that the Cowboys haven't even made the NFC Championship. Mm. Yeah, St. Louis Rams and L.A. The 2000 St. Louis, yeah, and now the 2022 L.A. Rams. And think about this. And the cop. They they've been to four Super Bowls in that time period too, and and one you know obviously lost two one two. Yeah, so and I, 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 the caller already took my <laughs> took my anger away by his you know him talking about the hype video, so he kind of already calmed me down. Like whoever that caller was, man, he already got him. Yeah, Reek yeah. was pissed. I I'm with him. I feel the same yeah. frustration. Why are you dropping yeah. the hype? Anyway. Yeah. So. And I'm not mad if Cooper leaves us, but if Cooper does leave Dallas, and I'll leave you with this, do you truly believe Kellen Moore is going to have a way to scheme to get CD open? Because once CD is the X factor, keep in mind, defenses are going to bracket and find a way to double man or has zones taking their space away. And they need Cooper in the system of Kellen where everyone touches the ball just to keep the defense honest. And if we are going to keep Cooper, I mean, Kellen, then Kellen, you better find a way to set the tone. And when things get grim, be the reaper and give the ball to the best playmakers at that, you know, moment. And not just leave it to, I don't know, Wilson and all these other players. And I'll leave it with that, Sky. All right, man. Appreciate you, Lowe's. You too, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, they get rid of Cooper and, and CeeDee Lamb is your de facto number one. And you got uh, Cedric Wilson, <laughs> Malik Turner. Uh, no, and I love CeeDee Lamb and I think he's going to continue to be better and better. And, he, you know, he is. He's, he's got room to grow, obviously. But it, even if it was Cooper and the rest of those dudes, I'd be like, no. The Ram, In my opinion, the Rams showed you, you do need two high end wide receivers. And I'm not saying two expensive ones. I'm just saying two guys that are or bona fide studs. And I think Cooper and Lamb are that because if one gets taken out, the other can step up. Or if, if one literally goes down, you got another guy you can still get the rock to. Um, and honestly, I love I love Cooper Cup, but I love the way they use him more. He's everywhere on the field. Move him everywhere. Um, I'm a fan of the Rams passing game scheme and their routes and things like that. I think it's one of the, if not the best in the league. I would combine that with what the Niners do in the run game, and you have a ridiculous offense. Uh, but I'm not a fan of their how they run the rock. I think it's it's terrible. In fact, they they ran the ball awful in that Super Bowl. By the way, Marcus Mosier, he posts this every year he does it. The salaries of the leading rushers in the Super Bowl for like the last 15 years or something like that. I'd highly advise you guys to look at that. There may be just one dude in all those Super Bowl wins 
that was getting paid paid. And that is Marshawn Lynch. And we talked about this before. Cool. You want to you want to lean on your run game as a team, you better have a dominant defense. Uh, but I say all that to say the Rams did that, you know, won the Super Bowl last or two nights ago, rushing terribly. 1.9 yards per carry. 1.9 yards per carry. Thought that was interesting. Uh, 571, my apologies on the whole, man. What's up, 571? Hi, Scott. How you doing? I'm good, man. Well, how was watching the Super Bowl? I was definitely thinking perhaps the way that teams wanted to be built is like a combination of what what the Rams did, but also for what the Bengals did to get there. Can you repeat that first part? I'm sorry. Uh, I think like, as far as like team building goes, what I saw in the Super Bowl, you might want to do is a it's a combo of both. It's not not strictly one way or the other. Right. Like yeah. I mean, that draft year, draft, draft year, Jamar chases and other stuff like that. Sign like a Trey Henderson, but it's okay to do like some trades. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to go full blown what the Rams did. The Rams did what they did because they're the only team doing it. Uh, they figured it out. I, I I feel like if Steven decided to overnight become the Rams, he wouldn't know what to do. He, he'd be trading for Eli Apple for two first-round picks, for all I know. But, but but the Rams were comfortable. Les Snead was comfortable in what he was doing because they've been doing it for the last four years. Uh, but but there's, a, there's a happy medium that I think can be found across the league, and I think you'll see more teams try to do that, in, in my opinion, at least. Right, and I do think, like, free agency and, yeah, free agency and draft, there has to be like a perfect combo of it. It's not one strictly one way, one strictly the other. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. you I don't think you can go far too far left. And I think right now the Cowboys have done that. I had a guy on, on Twitter who was telling me, oh, you guys will never be happy. The, the Cowboys have made free agent signings and trade. When? Where? The last time they made a significant free agent tra- signing was in 2012. And I thought Brandon Carr was fine. And he gets spooked off of that. The, the the free age I'm sorry the trades that they made were what Roy Williams in 2009 Amari Cooper because they had to uh, Joey Galloway in 2000 and um, who Robert Quinn for one year that, that that's not don't use that to me as that, that's not a good a track record to say they've done that for significant trades in a 22 year span are you kidding me um, so no the Cowboys are not doing things in my opinion in ways that work. And I'm talking about this guy on Twitter. Uh, but but it, it, it frustrates me when, when people say, well, you'll never be happy. They've done all these things. No, they haven't. Even if you go back and look at the Cowboys in free agency in the 2000s, there's really only maybe one or two seasons where they were extremely active. And that was because Bill Parcells had to turn the team over completely when they brought in like Marco Rivera and, and Jason Ferguson. And then in 2007, you know, the Leonard Davises and things like that. Um, but they haven't really been super active in free agency in the last decade plus. Right. And that's the other thing I was going to point out. Like, I know like there was some decent amount of contributors I saw from the Rams that were drastics, like, like the Cooper Cup oh, yeah. of the world. Yeah. And like, even EJ games was doing pretty decently for like a, like a day three pick. 
Yeah, no, no, no. You you definitely have to draft. Well, I'm. They do that. Yeah. Fine. You know what I'm saying? They do that. We talk about the three pillars in the offseason that you have to be able to be good at, and, and drafting is one of them. Uh, being shrewd in free agency and shrewd in the trade market. Those three things are very important. And then the free agency and trade market doesn't stop in the season. Yeah, that and also looks like I think Sean McVay actually may have was probably a little more active in the uh, like far as like far as like some of the stuff that they do in the offense. Because I saw some of the same stuff they did like over in Washington. They are doing some of that over there in L.A. Yeah, Scott is it Scott yeah. Turner? I think is the offense coordinator in Washington. There's we talked about this during the season, brother, where there's a lot of teams that I would pluck from if I'm Kellen. LA, the Niners, even yes, the Washington football people, their their running scheme I think is pretty decent. Um and a couple other teams that I would definitely copy. It's a copycat league. Why why not? Yeah, so um, I wouldn't mind if actually Mike McCarthy got a little bit more involved in the offense. That's what, sounds like that's what uh, Jerry Jones wants him to do. Well, it's, a, it's about time. Yeah. Hey, man, appreciate the call. Got to get to my next caller, all right? All right. And let's get to my guy, Marcus. What's up, brother? What's going on, dude? I'm good, man. You know, just enjoy my, my time off, enjoy the weekend. I enjoyed the Super Bowl, too, and I ain't going to lie to you. You know, when my team ain't in it, it don't have the same effect on me. But it's just, I got to say one thing, man. Like, you know you are a classless, mediocre organization. When you got guys like Reek and Lowe's and B-Bird, when you piss them off, that's when you know you're doing your job impeccably bad. Mm. Like, you good and terrible. I'm going to say this. Because they really, the, the Cowboys really sucked me in this year. Like, I was like, man, we finally got a defense. I'm like, man, this just feels different. Like, it felt different. And it made me realize, like, the way that they, not that they lost. I don't care that they lost. It's the way that they lost. And then that that didn't sit too well with me, right? So, I go, and because I really wasn't watching the, the Super Bowl, but I remember after the Super Bowl, one thing that really stuck out to me, man, was that hype video that the Cowboys put out. And I'm like, how, like, how classless are you? Like, yeah. like how, how, how low are you? Like, how you you aren't concerned about your fan base in the least bit? Like, I saw that, and I'm just like, bad timing, man. It was, I was like, what are you doing? Like, this team that that did their thing, they put all their chips in, they went all in, got their chip, and right after the Super Bowl, you put that out. Like, not in March, not right before the draft, not right before free agency, not before the, the preseason starts. You put that out the night of the Super Bowl. Like, when I thought, when I saw that, I was like, I thought of three words, guy, and I'm, I'm going to just leave it with this. And I'm not going to make this long and drawn out. Mm-hmm. Progress over propaganda. That's going to be – that's my focus with the with the Cowboys going forward. Like, I'm literally going to get a T-shirt made that has a Dallas star on it, and it's going to say progress 
over propaganda. When the propaganda outweighs the progress, you don't have my support. And if that doesn't make me a real fan, so be it. If that means that I don't have to spend any more money on this franchise, so be it. I'll make my own stuff before I pay Jerry Jones another dime of my money Mm. to support a classless organization like the Cowboys. That was absolutely lame. It was corny. And that was trash. And yeah. I was offended. Like, I was straight up offended. Like, yeah, no, it's like they insulted our intelligence. Fans, I'm like, this is why Cowboys fans are made fun of mercilessly. This is why people hate to see us win. And they love to see us lose. Like, they get joy. They have more joy with our team losing than their own team winning. And when I saw that hype video, I was like, there it is right there. There it is. They don't they don't care. They know how to they are a marketing machine. They are a propaganda machine. They know that no matter what happens, we're going to make billions upon billions of dollars. I'm at the point, man, I'm really teetering on just dropping my just knowing for the Cowboys, and I've been a fan since 1990. But when I saw that, I was like, they really think we're stupid. Yeah, they insulted they my really intelligence. They really think we're dumb. And, and I'm like, that is, the, that, is the, that is the epitome of the pimp game. Like, I don't buy dreams, I sell them. They are selling dreams right now. And they are wearing out some of their most fervent and – Staunch supporters, they're wearing them out. They really are wearing them out. Their and most valuable really all I currency is hope, and it is taking a major yes. hit. That's yes. their most viable one. And it's I not never, winning. It's not It's not being aggressive in free agency or trades or getting it. It's hope. They sell hope to, to us hope. every year, and, and I think this year it took a lot of fans. It took the, the hope is gone, you know. So you got to show uh, you got to show us. I'm telling you, man, I hope that you adopt it, man. My three words going forward with Cowboy Nation, progress over propaganda. I like that. Keep it, man. Listen, we're going to hashtag that thing in the chat so we can get that moving. Progress over propaganda. Sky, as you know, man, you keep doing what you do because I look forward to hearing you every single morning because what do you do every day that nobody else does? You provide the necessary Context. Hmm. That's what keeps me sane. Context matters. Cowboy Nation. Context matters, man. Salute to you, bro. As you know, God got his hands all over you, man. Salute. Appreciate you, Marcus. Have a good day, bro. All right. Context matters. That was one of my first sayings on this channel that when I created it, because I felt like it wasn't, you know, at least in the major media. One of the main reasons why I wanted to do this, because I didn't think the major media was representing us well uh and they would leave out a ton of context and at first it was about the positive side of things but now you know some of the context is more so shining light onto the bullcrap propaganda like my guy marcus said but i like that progress over propaganda i like it. it's gonna take a lot i think for them uh to to get us back on their good side season's over though and it starts with free agency and re-signing your own uh, we talked about it last week with the, the the dates, and I believe March 16th is a new league year. 
And a month from now, you can begin the tampering period. Uh, prior to that, though, Dallas is going to have to sign her own guys. And one of the guys we'll talk about tomorrow is one Dalton Schultz. We're going to talk about what to do with him um, and potential free agent replacements that they can bring in. Catboy guys. KY001, I believe. That's KHY. 001 was like, does Odell Beckham fit the Catboy criteria? Does. That's one of the first things we talked about, uh, KHY. Was last week, I said, I'd definitely bring him in. Me personally, though, I'm out because it's two torn ACLs, but he definitely fits the Catboy criteria. What is the Catboy criteria? Are you on the right side of 30? Have you been injured? I'm about to sound like one of those commercials. Have you been injured in a car accident? Or have you been injured recently? Do you still have talent? Are you going to be cheap? You meet the Catboy criteria. Welcome to Dallas. That's Odell Beckham. 29 years old, coming off injury, not going to be expensive, right? And he has talent. Meets the Catboy criteria. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think that's going to be enough to get the Cowboys over the hump. You're going to have to nut up, as they say, right? You're going to have to grow some cojones and stop being scared in free agency. Stop being scared in the trade market or the way you're operating just won't work. I still think there's a way in this ridiculous process that they like to do to overcome it, but it's going to require, I hate to use the term dream team, but whatever the hell you want to call it, go get me all the talent, push all the money down, kick, kick the can down the road. What, what's going to hurt? You know, people keep talking about this, Demarcus Lawrence and Mark, kick the damn can. Who cares? You haven't done anything in 27 years. I don't give a damn if my, I'm going to be in cap hell in 2025. So, I said this weeks ago, would you rather be the Rams or would you rather be the Cowboys? All these people, oh, well, the Rams are going to be in cap hell. They're not going to have to. They won the Super Bowl. Maybe it's because I'm I'm a younger-ish I'm going to tell you my real age, but I'm a younger-ish Cowboy fan. I've only seen one Super Bowl. Uh, and at this point, one Super Bowl will make me feel full for years to come. A lot of people were talking this dynasty crap in the middle of the season. I'm like, what are you talking about? I don't give a damn about a dynasty. Dynasties don't exist anymore unless you're the Patriots. Win me a Super Bowl. Through hell or high water, hook or crook, if you got to go send... Will McClay to spy on somebody. If you got to go send the mob, Jerry Jones, your oil mob to go to go beat somebody into submission for another Herschel Walker trade. I don't care what you do to win the Super Bowl. I'll deal with the consequences later. Deal with them later. All right, Cowboys Nation. This was definitely a really good show coming back. We'll get back on track to with our normal scheduling for the rest of the week and, and moving forward. We are now officially in the offseason. Cowboys been in the offseason, but the league is in the offseason. And um we'll we'll try to get some some guests on here. We'll uh have some series to get back going. And again, it's not really a series, but I'm turning this into a series. And that's reviewing that 2018 draft class because they're all free agents and seeing what the Cowboys will do with said player and potential free agent replacements. And tomorrow we're going to get back to uh, we're going to get on to the tight end position 
and see what the Cowboys do there. So make sure y'all tune in tomorrow about 8.15 or so. You know me. But later tonight, our guy Mauricio Rodriguez will be back in the building uh, for A to Z Sports Prime Time. All right? Appreciate y'all. Really good show, man. Really good show. Check out A to Z Sports Dallas.com for all of our new articles. We got a couple new um, writers on site. Shout out to my guy, Matthew Lennox, in the building. I actually am have him on the show sometime, too. And uh, look forward to a potential special guest on the Real with Still podcast. So keep your ears plugged. Love y'all. We out of here. Peace. Shout out to Stevie Mac, the mod god. I want me some glory hope.